so excited to see you this morning here at Excel Church. We are wrapping up our series, Prayer That Works, and it feels like we have so much yet to cover, uh, but I am excited that we are beginning to um, really open that window that will begin to expose you and create that hunger and that thirst to learn more and to go deeper. And so even though I feel like we've only touch the tip of the iceberg, I pray that we have scratched the surface enough that you want to continue to develop prayer as a lifestyle, even as we conclude this series. So let's get right in um, on today. If you would begin to turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew um, chapter 6. I'm thinking about um, a post I did the other day. I saw something on social media that says that um, the vows need to include, I promise to help my husband find what is right in front of him all the days of my life. And I laughed about that and I thought about that in terms of the word that we're teaching this morning is it's simplistic and yet it's right in front of us and something that I don't really know um, if we have all understood just how important it is. Um, so you are probably familiar with Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 9 through 13. But you probably have memorized it maybe even as a child as the Lord's Prayer. And you probably have only thought of that in terms of reciting the Lord's Prayer. But what I want us to see on this morning um, is life-changing. So if you haven't shared this message yet, I encourage you to do so. Um, it's just going to be powerful in terms of what you will see and what you will uncover as we go through these scriptures. And it's something that um, was made very famous originally by someone, uh, a theologian by the name of Dr. Larry Lee. Um, I came to learn of this uh, through another uh, awesome teacher, Dr. Ivy Hilliard. And so today I pray that you will hear from Dr. Alicia Lytle and you will be able to say, you know what, this has changed my life because it was impactful for me. And I believe that we need to get back to praying this way. So if you look here, and you remember the context, you have the disciples wanting to know how to pray. And so the Lord is telling them in verse nine, therefore you should pray like this. Now I need to pause and put a pin in there because like this means don't just simply recite this, but this is the format, this is the prescription, this is the manner in which you should pray. So that's very important because I don't think we've gone to that extra step. We pray and we memorize verbatim this scripture, but we need to go deeper this morning to see what is the actual format of this prayer so that we can incorporate this in different areas and in different um, seasons of our life. And so he goes on, our father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So let's break that down. If we break this down, you'll see that he is saying in this particular manner, in this format, you should pray. So we've been talking for the last few weeks about 
praying and how righteous people pray and how the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And we've been talking about how God hears our prayers and how God answers our prayers. And many of you have been inspired to pray. We have our, had our prayer challenge where we texted pray to 330-403-8088. And it's not too late for you to do that if you haven't done that yet. But in all of this, we have been committing ourselves to pray. We've joined our prayer call on Saturdays at 10 a, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we have had the opportunity to corporately pray as a body. And I'm excited because the Lord put on Pastor Charles and I heart to do a prayer walk virtually. And so we'll be doing a prayer walk virtually. So if you're interested in prayer, if you're interested in taking your prayer to the next level and you have not yet texted pray to 330-403-8088, I want to inspire you to take a moment and do that either now or after this service is over. But because of that, many of us have began to say, okay, I'm committed to praying, but I wonder if I'm praying effectively, okay? So we're talking today about effective prayer. Somebody say effective prayer, because we have seen and we've talked about how sometimes if you don't understand um, how to do something, you may be doing it, but you may not be doing it in the most effective way. So we've talked about praying precisely. We've talked about be, being specific in our prayers. We've talked about praying according to the word of God. We've talked about quite a bit, but as we look at this prescription here, we're going to see something that's going to just take it to the whole next level. So as you understand the context and how rabbis taught, they taught in topics. And so they're base, Jesus is basically teaching in a way that is understandable to them. And he's teaching them to pray along these topical lines. Somebody say topical lines. And so there's six topics that you can break this prayer down into. Somebody say six topics. All right. So as you look at it, the six topics are number one, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All right. That's top. That's topic one. Number two, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Number three, give us this day our daily bread. Number four, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, number five, and lead us not into, tempt into temptation, uh, but deliver us from evil. And then number six, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. So that's King James. And then, of course, I read it a moment ago in New Living Translation. And so an effective prayer should cover those six topics. All right. All right. I need you to be taking notes today, y'all. This is not a um, spectator sport today. And I'm not putting the scriptures up on the screen. I want you to be actively learning and actively participating in the message with me. So this is not the day where I want you to just sit on the screen, multitask, watch something and then be, no, no, no. This is serious. This is something that I'm telling you is going to be life changing. Get your pen, get your paper, get your Bible. Let's get into this. These are the six topics. Again, somebody say six topics that we should cover when we pray. Now, this is good because when we pray, many times we, um, 
we feel like we don't have a lot to say, right? We feel like, you know, if someone wants to have a prayer call or they want to do something and they tell us we're going to, we need them to pray for 10 minutes. You know, we might immediately be like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could pray for 10 minutes. Well, when you begin to see this, you'll be able to pray for an hour because you will understand that it's not just getting in and say what you want to say and then get out. <laughs> it is a method. It is to be effective. There is, you feel like you've seen those little memes before how it says you go into prayer like a little kitty cat and you come out like a lion. This is that type of prescription for prayer. So if you have never felt transformed in your prayer time, if you've never come out feeling stronger, feeling more rejuvenated, feeling like the glory of the Lord is upon you, then this is the, the, the prescription you want to begin to implement to experience the effective, fervent, just amazing prayer, all right? And so the first thing as you can see in topic one is calling out his name. So if you've ever, you know, been on prayer call with me or heard me prayer, uh, pray, you know that one of the first things I will do is I won't just jump right in and just start telling God what I want and what I need and what I'm concerned about. We call him by name. We praise him by name. We honor his name. Um, one of the things that you think about though, is that his name is, is he has many names. Okay. And so you've he probably heard me pray and, and worship with the various names of God. Um, and I wanted to kind of share some with you and share the logic with you on that. Now, just taking myself, for example, you know me as Pastor Alicia. Some of you knew me as Dr. Lytle. Um, my husband doesn't call me Pastor Alicia, nor does he call me pa you know, Dr. Lytle. He calls me Bay. okay? And I know who he's talking to. Um, my children don't call me that. They call me Ma, okay? Um, one day, you know, I'll be a grandma, and I still haven't decided if I want to be Nana or Mama or Big Mama. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. I got some time, though, right? Amen? But... The point is, depending on the relationship, depending on how the person knows you, it's how they call you by name. And each one of those names are accurate for that person because that is the, the context and the relationship that they have for you. Um, and so as you begin to develop relationship with God, you will know him by name and you will know him by the various names in which he has identified himself to us in his word. So one very effective way, listen, catch this y'all. And, and for topic one, when you go into prayer, go into prayer, calling him by name, hallowed be thy name. So it's, you know, I'm give you a few of them. Um, Elohim. God, the mighty creator, um, El Shaddai, God almighty. And, 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 and if I say any of the pronunciations just a little bit off, that's okay. Because what I want us to do is to focus on calling him by name. I know sometimes, you know, people say Alicia and it's not Alicia, it's Alicia. <laughs> um, but if, if you're not skilled in, in Greek and Hebrew, every once in a while, when you're saying words that are not common in your um, dialect, it may not be exactly on point, but God knows what you are saying. Um, you may say Adonai, you know, my Lord and my master, um, Jehovah, I am who I am. I am who I am. Um, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd, all right? Um, Jehovah Jireh, um, the Lord, our provider, Many of us have taken some time and we've studied different names of God and what they mean. And just, you can 
research that you can look in your concordance honestly this day and age you can probably google it if you needed to um but just get in your mind a few names that represent who god is to you let me throw in a couple more just in case i didn't hit something that resonated with you um jehovah shalom the lord is peace jehovah Imkadesh, um the lord our sanctifier sanctifier jehovah tiskanu um the lord our righteousness Jehovah Shammah, uh, the Lord is there. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Uh, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Um, Jeho Jehovah Sabaoth, I know I messed that one up. Uh, the Lord of hosts. Um, and Elion, El Elion, um, the Most High God. So depending, again, like just where you are in your worship and in your experience and in your walk with God, you know, you, you may be calling him out as Jehovah Nisi um, because he went before you and he cleared the way and he's been your banner. Um, you know, maybe you uh, avoided a, a car accident and you just, you calling out to God and you thanking him. In that moment, his name for you is Jehovah Nisi. Um, I know one that I use frequently is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. And, and you're calling out and you're praising God and you're thanking him for how he's been there for you, how he's made a way out of no way, how he's provided for you, how he's kept you. Amen. You, you may have just been sick with the coronavirus. And even though many people didn't make it, God kept you and he covered you and he's your healer. Um, so then, you know, as you're praying, Jehovah Rapha, you're the Lord who heals. You healed my body. You healed me from cancer. You healed me from um, illness. You healed my body. So, you know, as we continue go into prayer and call on his name amen all right moving on topic two um the second one as we saw was thy kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven this is reiterating what we've talked about in terms of praying according to his will so we talked about in the weeks that preceded this sermon that we don't just pray according to what we feel or what we want we make sure that our prayers align with his word and so when we do that then we know that what we're praying will come to pass um you think about it uh, one of the things that really was powerful is remembering that our tongue is so powerful and so even my husband and i i have to just keep reminding myself when i'm faced with challenges of um, things that are happening that are not lining up with the, God's will. Um, if a child is misbehaving or um, if, you're, if you're facing the threat from um, any, let's say you're dealing with something and you're, you're, you got court issues or let's say you got legal issues or financial issues or medical issues and whatever you're facing, it doesn't line up with the will of God for your life. Um, and so you begin to speak what you believe God is doing and not what you see is happening because your, your, your tongue is like the rudder for your life as a sailboat has a rudder and it directs which way it's going to go. And one of the things that I tried to instill in the sermons preceding this is I know it's going to be challenging because we were not instinctively um, equipped just from day one of following Jesus to do it this way because we've done it this a different way for so long. For so long, you know, we say, I call it as I see it. So the way we see it is the way we call it. And so when we come into the kingdom of God and we have to um, 
put on the new man and learn a new way. If he wouldn't teach us these things, if it was instinctive. So we have to be taught. A lot of this has to be taught and caught. So it's caught, you know, as you come to the prayer walks, as you come, get on the prayer calls, as you get on the, the services, you catch it, you hear it. I'm the kind of person I keep, I catch stuff. So I learn from example. I learn from what I hear and see. So I'm very careful. Even me and pastor, we had to unfollow some people just over the weekend because I'm very careful. I, I catch stuff. I catch what I see. So if I see something and it's not right or it's not integral or it's not uh, according to God's will, I remove it from my influence, from my sphere. So I don't have to see it because I know that things are taught and caught. Um, you think about that even in your families, when your children are raised up, there's certain things you didn't sit down and teach them. You didn't teach them how to cuss. Nobody gave them a little lesson and said, let me teach you all the curse words and what they mean. But they caught that. If they heard you say it, they heard somebody at school say it, they caught it. They got it now, right? Well, it's the same in the spirit. It's the same in the kingdom of God. That's why we are careful to fellowship with others who are on the path of righteousness. That's why we're careful to be in environments that give us the influence of Christ because we know that what we learn is something that is either taught or caught. So this is something that you won't have just instinctively. Somebody's going to have to teach you and then you have to surround and meditate and be in an environment where this is practiced. So you have to keep doing this and you have to keep remembering that my prayers have to be according to the word of God. And so when I pray, I look to find what does God say on this? What does the word say on this? And this is so effective because when you pray scripture, you know that God hears what you say. Amen. Um, you know, when you think about 1 John 5, 14, and it talks about how according to his will, um, he hears us. So if we pray the word, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have what we prayed for. So it's very effective if you begin to not just pray, you know, out of just emotion and just, you know, I'm just saying what's, what's coming to mind. It's okay to pray with your eyes open and your Bible. Um, you know, we may close our eyes in prayer, but that is primarily so we can focus. It's not the required posture. I could pray with my eyes open, looking right into the screen. I could pray sitting. I could pray standing. I could pray kneeling. I could pray with my head up. I could pray with my head down. There's, there's things that we get caught up on, but the reality is, is what we're saying. And so when you begin to pray scripture, when you begin to pray the word, it is powerful because you know that your prayers aren't just bouncing all over the place. You know that it's being heard and that it, you will receive what you have said. All right. So let's move on. Topic four, topic four. All right. Somebody give me back topic one and topic two. Let me see who's paying attention. All right. Um, no, no, no. Topic three. See, I want to see if y'all's paying attention. All right. So we did topic one, our father, which art in heaven. Uh, we did topic two, that kingdom come that will be done. Number three, give us this day, our daily bread. Obviously, this is the point where we get to dump our needs. All right. So many of us have gotten this wrong. We go straight into prayer, straight into need, straight into. All right. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, this is what's going on. I'm going to need you to do this. I'm going to need, no, 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 no. We come into, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with praise. Hallowed be thy name. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you. You're what, you know, we, that's, we go into prayer 
praising, calling upon his name, praising his name. After we, sh we shift, after we come out of that and we went into topic two, then we went into praying for his will to be done. As we talked about last week and the weeks previous, we are his vessels. So we go in there with, a, with an attitude of what is your will, God? This is what you desire to do in the earth realm. Use me for your glory. Have your way in my life. That should be a constant sentence in your prayer. Have your way in, your, in my life. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You've already declared. You've already said what you want to do. Do it through me, Lord. So we're, we're praying according to his will. Topic three, now we shift. This is where we get to bring our cares. This is where we get to pray what we desire, what we have need of. And as I said, be specific. Somebody say, be specific. So when we go on to topic three and we begin to pray, we begin to pray and we cover certain arenas. Now you can see now we didn't move out of 10 minutes. I mean, if you really get into worship, that might take you five minutes right there. You just start sobbing and crying and how good God has been and thinking of what he's brought you through and praying for his will and thinking about all the things that God wants to do and how it's not done and how he can use you and how you could be a partaker in the kingdom. And then you, by the time you've gotten to your prayer request and your prayer needs, you'd already been prayed 10 minutes. Now, depending on how many needs you got, this might be another 10. So now you're sitting here and you're praying and I give you, I like to give you a recipe. Now, sometimes, and, and pastor and I, we have learned to, you might have to break it up because it's so much. Like I said, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, I just don't feel like I pray enough. Even with all of what we're doing and how we're covering prayer, I'm still convicted daily. Like I need more prayer time. Like it's, it's, it's like I'm fighting for more prayer time because once you really get the understanding of how much um, you need to take to God instead of trying to figure out on your own, you will have that urgency too. Like I need some time with Jesus. I need some, I need some one-on-one -on -one time. I need some prayer time. And if you um, move from that, that, that beautiful period, many of you are singles. And you may, may desire marriage. And I can tell you the one thing I miss most about my singlehood is having so much time to spend with God. I was on one of the calls with um, one of the ministers and they were talking about how they spend all this time with God. And I was just sitting there like, man, I remember that. I remember how much I enjoy just being able to wake up and just read my Bible and just stay in my word and just stay with the Lord. And of course, as you get married and you have children and you have other demands, you have to adjust your time accordingly. I pray you do. I pray you adjust your time accordingly. I pray that you um, understand that your first ministry is to your home and that you then begin to make sure that you are faithful over those responsibilities that God has entrusted you with. Um, because hear me, hear me with this. God is entrusting you with that husband. He is entrusting you with that wife. He is entrusting you with that child. And so you now have to take all that time that you had and learning and studying his word and praying and apply that to, to, to really sow into the lives that he has entrusted you with. If you're in ministry, now he's entrusting you with other people's lives. So you want to be faithful over your, your studying so that you can make sure that as you are teaching them, you're teaching them accurately. Amen? So it, it continues and goes on and on and on. So in your prayer time then, these are the, the needs that you want to pray over. First, you want to pray over your family. So if you are married, 
You want to pray for your spouse. He, I want to go one step further. If you're not married, but you're believing God to be married, then you still want to pray for your spouse. You want to pray for whoever it is that God is sending, that God is preparing them to, to be a help me, that you all will be equally yoked, that you all will be able to do kingdom work together, um, that you will be able to know him and that you won't keep falling for the counterfeits. Amen. And so you pray for your, your spouse. You pray for your children. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, this one to take up my whole prayer time. I got four. Some of y'all got five. Some of y'all got more than that. Um, even if you have one, you pray for your children. And many of you may be thinking, well, I don't really need to pray for my kids. They don't do nothing bad yet. You know, my baby's only one years old. Pray. Start early. I was teasing Pastor Charles. I was telling him the other day, I was like, man, if I'd have known what I was dealing with, I would have started this when it was like two, two days old, okay? So you have to begin to pray. And you don't just pray over what you see. Again, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we're praying for what we don't see. Lord, I thank you. And I'm praying. I'm praying for their health. I'm praying for their strength. I'm praying for them to, to follow God and to walk in wisdom and to be um, surrounded with godly counsel and to have godly friends and godly influence. I'm praying for them to make good choices and right decisions. I'm praying for them to walk upright. I'm praying that the word of God is true and that as I raise them up in the way that they should go, when they get older, they will not depart. I'm giving God back his word. I'm giving God back his, his promises. And I am declaring them over the lives of those who belong to me. Then after we pray for that, you know, you pray for your children. You pray for the rest of your family. You pray for your mother. You pray for your grandmother. You pray for your grandkids. You pray for your siblings. You pray for your family. You're praying for your niece and your nephew and, and those in your family who have not come to know Jesus. So that again, you got 10 minutes there. You know, you got a big old family. By the time you finish praying for everybody, that is a powerful, effective prayer. And you're praying God's word. Um, another thing about praying God's word is coming back to my mind, especially when you get to a point of corporate prayer, nothing, um, nothing grates my nerves worse than corporate prayer where people are just praying for what they want. It's, it's, it's inappropriate. You need to pray the word, especially when you're praying over other people. Don't subject other people to what you think or what you want. Subject them to the word. The word of God is true. It's infallible. So when you pray the word, you know you're not praying in error. When we pray and we're praying just our desires, y'all know our desires ain't always right. You know, we're not always right. So you might be praying for something and that might not be what God wants. And so as you get to the point where you really want what God wants, see, that's where I've been for quite some time now. God, I want what you want. So I might want something. I might be praying. But if I'm praying and it's outside of your will, I don't want to lead anyone else astray. So as you're praying according to his will, you're praying for your children. You don't pray. I pray that Anna goes to Harvard. I can't pray that. God has not told me he wants her to go to Harvard. He might want her to go to Case Western. So my prayer, though specific, is specific that I'm praying that she will make the right decision. Um, she's at a point now where she's deciding where she's going to go to college. So when I say pray specifically, 
If God hasn't shown me which school, I'm saying, God, thank you that you are showing us your plan and your, your will for Anna. God, I thank you that you reveal it, that you made it, make it plain, you make it known where you desire for her to be. What school do you desire? What career path do you desire? Lord, we want you to have your way in her life. God, close every door that is not meant to be open. I pray for rejection. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. I pray for acceptance where you want her to be. God, guide our steps. You said it in your word that the steps of a good man man are ordered by the Lord. So I'm praying the scripture, but I'm praying in such a way that I'm not imposing my will on God. I want his will to be done because in spite of what I may want, I know because I know him and I love him and I trust him that his will is better. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. So I have to be careful when I pray that I pray in the expectation that his will would be done. All right. So after we've covered our family, what do you think we should cover next, huh? After we pray for our family, somebody drop in the comments, what do you think you want to pray for after you have prayed for your family? All right, now we're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for our church. Yes, we're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for our pastors, and we're going to pray according to the word, looking at Ephesians 6, 18. We're going to pray for utterance. We're going to pray for boldness. That We're going to pray that when we preach, we make the mysteries of God known, the mysteries of the gospel understood. I'm telling you, I was so energized yesterday from prayer um, when the woman of God was praying, and she prayed for me, and she prayed for pastor, and she was praying that the word of God would be um, effective and that we would speak something to you this morning that would set the course for your week. We need your prayers. Do you not understand that the enemy tries to destroy the head? He knows if he can take down the head, he can attack the body. And so we've watched, we've watched marriages fall apart in ministries. We've seen people fall into sexual sin in marriages. We've seen people fall into all type of um, sin and error in doctrine, starting off preaching the gospel and then moving on to something that ain't no resemblance of the gospel. The enemy is after the men and the women of God. And so when God places someone in your life who gives you oversight, who gives you covering, who gives you wisdom, who gives you direction, who cares for you, who, who loves you and who prays and intercedes for you, then you are supposed to, after you cover your family, cover your pastors in prayer, that God would continue to speak boldly through them and that they would continue to be used for God's glory and that they would not fall into temptation. Amen? And so as you pray for your pastors, that's not your whole church, right? That's just the head of your church. Now you pray for your church. You pray for your members. You pray for your sisters and your brothers in Christ. You lift up the body of Christ. Then you pray for the lost, those that are not yet in your church. You pray them in the church. Many of those who are on the excellence team remember when we first began the ministry, it was no one there, but we prayed you in. We prayed you. People started coming in the doors that we had never met. Our church wasn't built on my friends and then my family and then my husband's friends and then his family. Nobody in our church is related to us. Nobody in our church is our friends or our family. We pray in the kingdom of God. We prayed in lost souls. We don't believe in snatching people from other people's ministries. If you're happy, you should be where God placed you. But we pray in the souls that were lost, the souls that weren't being fed, the souls that were not 
where they were supposed to be, that we're not hearing and receiving the word of God. And so we begin to pray in the kingdom. We have taught series after series after series about us winning the lost. And so we begin to pray for the lost. We pray for our communities. And then after we do that, we want to pray for those in authority. We pray for our city. We pray for our state. We pray for our nation. We pray for our world. And let me be perfectly clear on this. You pray for them whether or not you voted for them. Let me say that again. You pray for them whether or not you voted for them. I know that you don't agree with everything that they do. I know that you don't particularly care for every elected official. But that's even the more reason for you to pray for them. I'm trusting that if you didn't vote for them, that there was something about them that you didn't feel was quite right. That's even more reason for you to go before God and pray that he would continue to work on their hearts, that he would continue to surround them with godly counsel and make godly decisions. It is an error on your part not to pray for people because you don't like them. You pray for people in spite of how you feel for them because A, they're a child of God and because B, they have authority over you. They make decisions that impact you. So when someone has authority over you, you have to pray for them for your peace. You have to pray for them so that you will be covered and you will be protected so that what God wants to do in your life can come to pass. So push past your feelings, push past your emotions, get on your knees and pray for your president, get on your knees, pray for your governor, Get on your knees, pray for your mayor, pray for those that God has placed in authority over you. Amen? All right, I've got to move on. We're running out of time. So topic number four, topic number four, pray for those, um, pray, uh, let me get back to my, my, my key scripture and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. All right, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because, you know, I have whole teachings, whole sermon series that we've done and we might even do another one on this. Forgiveness, all right? We're going to sum that up as forgiveness. We have to establish in the morning an attitude of forgiveness. When we get on our knees, when we first wake up in the morning, when we're driving on the way to work, establish an attitude of forgiveness. Establish that I choose not to be offended today. Before I even get into this office, I already know these customers are going to try me. Before I even go into this classroom, I already know these kids are going to try me. Before I even go into my house, you know, I already know whatever the case may be, you are praying and in the morning and I'm, the Lord really dealt with me on this. Like, okay, all right, I'm going to do this. I got it. I've got to do this. I've got to establish. You cannot go. Here's the thing. You know, our, our natural, again, this is something that has to be taught because we're not instinctively ready to do this. You know, I have to combat me. I'm talking about me. I want to keep my 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 madness because I don't want you to think that it's okay. So you didn't do the dishes last night. So when I wake up, I want you to know that I appreciate that I woke up to some dirty dishes. So I'm I'm ready, I'm ready in my flesh to walk in unforgiveness. But do you really want to start your day mad about what happened yesterday? God is telling you, come on now. Let's go higher. Determine. If you want him to hear your prayers, you're not perfect. You, We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We're going to let that go. That was yesterday. All right? All right. You didn't do the dishes. 
You need to do them. Let's, let's do better. Let's all do better. Give them a chance to experience forgiveness like you want to experience forgiveness. So this was hard for me, y'all. So if it's hard for you, go ahead and tell the truth. Shame the devil. It's all right, but we're going to do it. We're going to grow. We're going to become more and more like him. We're not going to be comfortable in sin. We're not going to be comfortable in ignorance. We're not going to be comfortable in doing what everybody else has done and what we saw our family do. We are going to another level. If you're expecting more from God, you got to be willing to give more. You got to be willing to make the adjustment, to make the transition. There is so much more he wants to do in our lives, but we have to make the adjustment that we are going to be serious about our prayers and that as we pray, that we're going to pray effectively and that we're going to allow God to transform us through our prayers. All right. So we're going to pray and we're going to cut these grudges short. We're going to let go. We're going to let bygones be bygones. We Now, listen, that don't mean we're going to be anybody's fool. Now, we forgive, but we, we don't have to forget. We want to be mindful so that we can avoid making the same mistakes over and over again. But we do not want to carry the baggage and carry the weight of unforgiveness. It hinders our blessings. I remember my husband had to teach me this. Somebody had made me real mad, and I wanted to get him told real good. And, got, and he said, no, no, no. Hey, we got too much writing on this. We, we, we can't, you can't afford to get caught up in unforgiveness with, yeah, that's going to cancel, that's going to block our blessings. And it was like, it, it was a reality check that yes, unforgiveness is a blessing blocker. So you'll be praying and praying and praying and not understanding why God is not answering your prayer and you are blocking your blessing with unforgiveness. So that meant for me, it was somebody who I really knew had took advantage of my husband who was in, uh, in, in ministry. And I was furious. And my husband had to let me know, let it go. Forgive him. Let it go. We made it. I was mad. No, he almost tried to wreck our marriage. Tried to wreck you. Tried to wreck. Let it go. I know they did you wrong. I know they weren't who they were supposed to be in your life. Let it go. And it doesn't matter. It could be a, 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 a ex-spouse. It could be a, a baby's daddy. It could be a, a mama of your child. It could be your co-worker. It could be your mama. I don't know who it is. Let it go. All right? So forgiveness. Forgiveness. Number Topic five. Topic number five. I got to get through this. Topic five. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All right, y'all. Um, I, I really want us to catch this because... As we pray in this area, we're praying for the wisdom to not walk into the wiles and the traps and the tricks of the enemy. And we've talked about this. You know, you've got to just have that as you pray. You know you're recovering from alcohol. You know you're recovering from drugs. And you know Sister Sarah still, you know, like to do a little dibbling and dabbling. You know what? I can't go visit Sister Sarah today. I love you. I'm praying for you. But... If God has delivered me, I cannot walk back into situations that will ensnare me and entrap me again. I know I used to date you and I've been delivered, but you know, now you want to call me and we quarantined and we bored and we ain't got, no, I can't go back to hooking up with you. That, that's, that's something that God has delivered me from. And now if I go backwards, I am entrapped, not because God let me, but because I didn't overcome my temptations. I didn't crucify my flesh. Each and every one of us need to be very aware of what our weaknesses are. 
For you, it may not be sexual sin. For you, it may not be um, a drug abuse or substance abuse. It may be money. You know, it may be a love of money, just constantly chasing money and constantly letting that be your priority and making that your God and, and, and being quick not to go to church and quick not to study and quick not to pray because you're on your grind and you're trying to get your money and you know, whatever it is, each and every one of you need to be aware this is my area. This is my area that I got to keep under the blood. I got to keep praying about this. I got to keep asking God to deliver me from what I know I will go back to if I don't stay very close to him. I was that kind of student that when I would school would start and I was in college and I was in law school, I would rush to the front row and I would sit in the front row and people hated that. Like, oh, you're a teacher's pet. You always sit in the front row. Mm -mm. I wasn't trying to be a teacher's pet. That was my safeguard. I knew I had to focus. I knew I had to concentrate. I didn't want any distractions. I knew if I was sitting in the back, I would be dozing off. I'd be paying attention to what everybody in front of me was doing, looking at what they was doing on their laptops. I, that was my safeguard that I placed upon myself. You've got to put safeguards upon yourself. And as you're praying, ask God to, to keep you on that path, to begin to give you wisdom and discernment so that when those same tricks come to you in a different person, in a different atmosphere, that you still can sense and be like, ah, I know that spirit. No, 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 no. That's the spirit of pride. I'm not falling for that again. Ah, I know that spirit. That's the spirit of envy, not falling in that trap again. So we begin to ask for wisdom. We begin to declare and decree the victory over the devil, that no weapon formed against us may prosper. And so when we go into this phase, we're asking God for the, the ability to, to go to war and to be wise and to continue on the path that he has for us. And then last but not least, all right, we're out of time. Number six, number six. Um, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We started off with praise. We end in praise. Yes. Yes. We started off our prayer. We came into prayer, praising his name and we come out in prayer, letting him talk back to us though. And man, we talked about that. Not just hopping right up like, okay, this has been nice talking to you. I'm done. No, we praise him and we give him an opportunity to speak back to us um, so that he can begin to download to us and give us instruction and, and respond to what we have said to him. But we come out of prayer, praising and thanking God for his power and his glory that rests upon us. And if we did it right, when we come out of the prayer, his, we should feel his power and his glory upon us because he's endowing us with power because we've spent time with the father and now he is charging us and refueling us to go forth and do what he is calling us to do. So we end that prayer praising for his power, praising him for his might, praising him for his glory and thanking him that he saw fit to use us to be a part of his plan. Now, y'all, like I said, I know I went fast. I know we did a lot, but listen, this is just your beginning. This is just scratching the surface. We are not done. We need to continue to pray. You need to continue to come to prayer on Saturdays. Please make sure you text PRAY to 330-403-8088 so we can give you information about the prayer walk. This is the beginning of our journey, y'all. So this is the end of our series, but I pray that this is the beginning of your journey. Come on, somebody just say, God, I am ready to walk with you and take my prayer life to another level.